0: Welcome to Real Men Feel. I'm your host, author, coach, and healer, Andy Grant. I have to confess that I have been very frustrated and down lately. I I didn't want to do this show today, and I wavered about postponing it. I decided that being authentic and vulnerable could be the very best way that I can be of service today, especially considering the subject of today's episode. My guest today is Rick Ornelas. Rick is a coach, author. Positive change expert and founder of iSpark Change. Rick shares the importance of change and what he sees as the benefits of the pandemic, as well as the various masks of masculinity that too many men wear. We both model the authenticity and vulnerability I often speak of on this show. And Rick shares the most surprising thing he's learned through his awakening. Let's dive in. Rick, as a positive change expert, does does that mean you've always been upbeat, positive, just happy go lucky and enjoyed life like all the time?
1: Well, that's a good question. And the name actually comes where someone gave me that name because they were they said I was, you know, such an expert in helping to teach others how to create positive change. But but as far as to answer your question, Andy, I, I've always been a positive person. I've always been a happy person. Um, despite many you know challenges in my life uh, from the time I was young to, to now, I've always kept it positive and always been I guess you know the glass half half full kind of person as opposed to the glass half empty that that's never that's never been been me and and honestly that that type of mentality never really resonated with me I, I just kind of never understood it back then. I understand it far more now than I did you know when I was younger but, um, You know, it probably started out when I was young to be just where I was a, a little um probably confident and maybe even cocky when I was young, you know, in sports and stuff like that. And then it, it transitioned to be, you know, just more of of seeing the good in any situation, really.
0: Cool. This would be very interesting because I'm probably the opposite. Uh, I grew up, glass is definitely half empty <laughs> and, and <laughs> no one can even fill my glass, uh, was my experience growing up. And uh, in, in recent years, you know, one of the titles I use is the, the King of Authenticity. And that was something that someone dubbed on me five years ago. And it, and it took me years before first that I st- could accept it. And so it was a good thing and was worth you know, proclaiming. So when someone first called you a positive change expert, were you like, yeah, I am. This is great. Or were you kind of resistant to that?
1: You know, I, I, I wasn't necessarily resistant, but I, I just... I uh, I guess I struggled with the word expert, and because I was like, okay, well, what does it take to become an expert in something? You know, like you think of like the the ten thousand hour principle and and those type of things. And it's like, okay, well, am I an expert? And then so I, I I decided to you know add it to my bio and everything because I said, you know, I'm going to be comfortable with this and see what happens. And then the more people, the more I spoke to others. And the more it resonated with them and they felt that I knew what I was talking about. So I was
0: like, OK, I'm, I can I can go with that. I can cool. Go with it. So is change important? Like, like what's wrong with things staying the same? So in, in
1: my opinion, um, change is where all the growth comes. Change is where the, um, you know, we become... We adapt. We learn to adapt. We become better in many situations. We uh, we we learn to to grow and to overcome obstacles. And you know, change is. I, I always look at change as a, as a good thing. So I look at it as the positive side, right? That the change is always good. And that's not somewhere that I've always been, right? I mean, when you're when you're faced with with some obstacle, when I was younger, I get pissed off i'd get upset i mean and all this stuff and and then nowadays i've i've um, you know past years i've come to where i realized that i see them i see the change and you know, our obstacles as opportunity so i see it as an opportunity to you know to improve in some way so i'm always looking to improve in some way no matter what it is and that's just something that i work on constantly
0: okay so every every change in the world and society isn't necessarily positive but if it isn't positive there's an opportunity to make it positive
1: yes and that's how, that's how i look at it so for example we you take i live i live uh, near houston okay and we've had a lot of natural disasters if you will in, in recent memory in houston we had the that kind of arctic freeze that happened last winter we had hurricane harvey you know we have all these things that have, that have come through here and even recently you know ida recently in louisiana everything and those are terrible and tragic events right you'd say hey that this is something that's not not positive for sure where i saw the positivity and i saw the change was in for example in harvey where people came out to support one another so much and they were just doing anything they could to help their neighbor. And, and we we're going out and helping to clean out homes that had been flooded and the people were so grateful. And, and um, there was, you know, such love and positivity in, in all those actions that that's where, you know, it's kind of like when, if you think of like a forest fire, right. And a forest fire comes through and, and it burns down some you know thousands of acres or whatever, but then, you see all the new growth that comes out of it. And usually stronger, right? Usually stronger and more resilient. And, and that's the way I look at it.
0: Cool. Yeah, I like that. And and it, anytime there's negative circumstance happenings, it does. It usually, it brings people together. That the, the best of humanity usually rises up and comes and, and helps each other and all those good things. And I see that and I agree. Yet, you know, in 2021, in the United States of America, we I see more separation between people th- th- than ever. So, is there an opportunity that we are all missing, or like, h- h- how do you explain kind of th- this? If you agree, if you see separation as well.
1: Oh yes, and I was nodding as you were saying that because <laughs> I see that I see that very much. So, um, Andy, so much separation, so much polarization throughout the the country, and I actually I, I wrote an article I don't know about. Maybe uh, five or six months ago, about you know the polarization in the United States and the division uh, of people across the country, and you know you think about like um, you know the division between political parties and the division between just uh, you have that we have the uh, pandemic and the division between you know people's beliefs on that and everything, and what I think what I think that is a result of. So to, just kind of to kind of um, two sides to to. respond to what you're saying what i think is the result of that is that that um so much of so much of this is perpetuated by the media and because of human evolution our brains and our bodies are designed to respond to negative stimulus far quicker than we do to positive stimulus right because you go back thousands of years and if we heard a growl or we heard loud footsteps, we had to be on high alert, right, and know if we had to like you know freeze, fight or flight, and and nowadays we we don't have that, right? We we don't have to worry about that. But people are they're constantly getting that that state of high alert because the media is like, oh, there's there's this, there's that, there's that. There may be millions of positive stories out there that would squash that one, but people think that that's the one, and then their response, their kind of conditioned response is like, oh. I need to get defensive. I need to respond. I need to do something to that. And so to answer your question about, are we missing an opportunity? I think what a lot of people miss is that that program response, they get too, too set in the, okay, someone said something is black and I think it's white. I need to respond and say that no, rather than let me ask a question and find out more about what you're thinking. And and let me take a pause and, and understand what, um, you know, wire your beliefs and 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 be fascinated by the differences between what we we believe, right? And and that's where I think is is, you know, just people have kind of that knee-jerk response. Just it's like so automatic that they're just so programmed and and that's what's missing, I guess, is is that pause, is that, hey, let me help me understand where you're coming from. Help me understand your side. Let me look at things from your perspective.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, there's something I often say, and I didn't, you know, it's been said for for many decades, hundreds of years, perhaps, I forget where this originated, but you can be right, or you can be happy. And it seems in times of heightened alert and, and division, individuals, groups, being right is the most important thing. And in, in my own life, for a long time ago, I gave up like, oh, I'd rather be happy once I realized there, there's the choice. And I've been unconsciously insisting on being right, even when being right had me feel horrible and see the world in a horrible view. Um, so, so what do you think about that? Is, is, is that an issue? This I, I've got to be right. You're saying that I've got to convince the other person and we want to argue and fight. Is that is that the core? Oh,
1: I think I think 100%. I think that's a big part of it. And, and I'll speak from my experience. I've struggled with that myself, is that, you know, when I was younger, and I said I was, you know, maybe overconfident or, or, or cocky. And, and my growing up, I mean, that's what I learned. My, my That was a big source of contention between my parents is that my, my you know, both of them had to be right. And they, they got divorced after 18 years of marriage. And you know, so growing up in a, in a home that, that were with your parents split. And then um, when I was 14, I guess, but and the years that, you know, of arguing and everything like that, that led me to have that same condition response like, oh, you got to be right, you got to be right, and all that. And it's been a growth, constant growth, constant um, working on myself for years. To work on that, and I still struggle with it to this day. And my wife would, would tell you that that is the case. But, but I mean, we celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary this year, and and we would have never gotten there if I had kept the ways that I learned, you know, growing up. If I hadn't said, okay, I need to become a better person. I need to learn better ways to communicate. And and that's something that I work on every day. I've been working on all my life. I mean, I have a darn degree in communication, and I still, you know, I work on that every day. Um, because I feel it's so important. You know, it's one of the most important things you know, that we have as human beings is how we communicate. And um, so to, to you know, just to wrap up in, in answering your question is that I think so many people, it goes back to that conditioning is they, 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 they just have the desire that, that they want to be on top. You know, it's like that competitive thing. I want to be on top. You know, and the way to get me here is to put you here. And then that's going to get me here rather than thinking like, well, what if we could just both be here? Yeah. And that would be a far better place, right? We're, we're both going to be up here and both, both be happy.
0: Right. It, it comes from almost a, uh, you can view the world as a place of lack or as a place of plenty and we can cooperate or we can compete. And it, again, it so much is based in our, our outlook and our belief and our mindset. Yeah, so much.
1: it It is, it is so true. And, and I think the good thing, the good thing that, um, You know, you're right, there's been so much division recently, right? One of the benefits that I see, so again, looking at the positive side of things, one of the benefits that I've seen from this pandemic is kind of like I was explaining with with the hurricane earlier, is one of the benefits I've seen from that pandemic is that there's been this huge, almost, you know, rebirth for so many individuals that because they were, and myself included, because... They suddenly had a bunch of time to analyze themselves, or they were in isolation, so they just had to reflect and, and decide. You know what they were going to do. Um, because of all those things, it's led to a lot of individuals to realize, like, "Hey, maybe there is that better path. Maybe we can work towards, you know, making the world a better place." And I, I know personally, I've encountered hundreds of people over the past eighteen, you know, twenty months that are working on things like I am that are like hey let's make the world a better place let's let's look to spread positive change let's look to um you know help humanity get away from that polarization and you know move more toward where towards where we're all supporting one another
0: yeah yeah i couldn't agree more and i've been inviting people throughout the whole pandemic to to take the opportunity of of this time of the, to go within to grow to get clear on what you really do want um, so that's beautiful and I also, this may sound weird, but I'm really glad to hear you say that you kind of still struggle with things and they're, you know, <laughs> life, life always has highs and lows. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm in a low, uh, myself. And I was telling you before we started recording, I, I wavered between canceling this show in, in recent weeks, I've, uh, just feeling really frustrated and to the point of like get getting down and I've, uh. I've been teary and like usually that's a sign for me like oh I gotta something's going to blow I really need to sob and twice last week while praying I started sobbing and it felt like such a oh great release and like oh I felt better then the next day oh it happened again I'm like oh what's going on and then I had a few days of feeling oh good everything's that cleared whatever it was it's cleared I'm good to go and this morning I just woke up wanting to just be isolated and hide and retreat and real men feel is all about reminding men that they're human and that being authentic and vulnerable and having compassion for yourself and for others is, is so important. So I was like, I, I chose to take the situation and make it positive by coming here and talking to you. And it's again, seeing that we were going to talk about, you know, divine intervention and your book and 12 hours of, of heaven and all the good, positive change you're out for. I was like, ah, this might just be the perfect thing to be of service to people that listen to this because however much I grow, I can still ha- have struggled. I can still have a down day. But what's different for me, I used to believe the down day, the the not feeling great, was the, the truth with a capital T of life. And anytime I was happy, anytime I was doing good, I thought, oh, that's the lie. I was tricked into thinking everything was going good for a while. So I was really, again, have you talked about you've always been upbeat. I was such always the reverse growing up. So... Often when things come up, and I'm I'm an empathic energy worker, and like I can tell what's going on isn't just me. It, mm-hmm. it's the state of the world, it's it's a full moon today, which it adds to, to to my you know um, emotionality, I guess. It's my time of the month, <laughs> know, whatever you know, however you want to say it. But so I'm I'm really glad to be here with you, and I think it's important that anybody hear that an expert in anything is always learning and growing because do you think that change stops as human beings? Does our change ever stop?
1: No, I, I don't. And, and and I'd say, you know, what you're explaining Andy is a perfect example of that is that we're all in constant change. We're all in constant growth. And that's going to have the ebbs and flows, right? That's going to have the ups and downs like you're talking about. And I'm really grateful that you're, you decided to, to come on. And I, you know, I can Definitely appreciate the frustrations and, and the 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 lows like you're talking about because I have have them myself and the you know one of the things that that really helps um, for me is to think of and and I was just discussing this with a friend last week where we were talking about a difficult situation and he was like oh it's just like a you know it's a roller coaster you know life's a roller coaster like you got a cliche. And I said, yeah, because if it was flat, it'd be boring. Like who yeah. wants to go on a flat roller coaster? Like, you, I mean, it'd be so slow and, and you know, wouldn't, there wouldn't be any excitement. And he's like, it'd be a lot easier. And I was like, yeah, but, but you just have to know that after, after every dip, right. Then there's going to come the peak and then there's going to come, you know, you're going to drop down and you get the excitement of this and then you go back up and the, and the pinnacle here. And, and then that, that, that's part of what, where all the change comes from, like, like we're talking about, that's part of where all the growth comes from. And I think, you know, I think it's necessary for us because I, I, me, the way I look at it is that if it was, if we were good all the time, you know, that it would just get too monotonous, it would, it would get too boring. And then we get upset at that right then we'd be unhappy in that that's like oh man i need some variety i need some spice in my life you know i need something right because it's just kind of like and so that's where i i try to look at you know the situations like you're saying hey really frustrated about something really really struggling with something is that all right this is adding a little a little spice to the to the meal it's not going to be so bland you know it's going to taste better It's funny.
0: It's funny. They bring up like I'm a roller coaster junkie. I love amusement parks. Travel uh, was was at Six Flags, New Jersey last month going again for Halloween. And, you know, that's that's my thing. And one thing I realized as a kid, I was really depressed, multiple suicide attempts. And I quickly realized that I can't be depressed on a roller coaster. That first hill, like, uh, you can't be. I can't be <laughs> running down a, a hill to the first, you know, the first big drop and be like, oh, no, I've got too many bills to pay. Oh, no, that girl didn't like me. I like it. I, I can't do it. So I don't know if that's yeah. part of the. I love Thrill Rise because they force me to be in the moment. Yeah. But when I was growing up, when again, when I was depressed and suicidal, I thought just just the world was just horrible. I thought I thought happy people were lying to themselves. I thought I, again, being right, I thought I knew the truth that life sucks and we're all horrible and we don't deserve, we, humanity should just be done. And I thought happy people were flat. They were, everybody Everybody that was happy was like uh, constantly there, like, like be like Ned Flanders, just oakley dokly everything, they're just so high, it <laughs> felt fake, and I thought they were lying. But I really thought that, quote unquote, normal people were this, was this flat, static life. Mm-hmm. And- what I find, much like the roller coaster, but almost like the stock market. Ideally now, highs keep getting higher and your lows are higher than they used to be. Because that's, that's what I find in my life. Even like being low energy and, and wavering and feeling weepy, that's my low day today. Mm-hmm. Now that's when, when I was plotting my own demise, when I was... Begging God to show me a reason to stay alive. This is a picnic compared to those days. Yeah, and and that, mm. and it's interesting that that I've been sobbing during prayer, and I, I do feel like for all of humanity, for the, we have this this such an opportunity for positive change is is right here, or it's right on the horizon. I just feel like that so much, and it's also almost like my personal resistance or not believing or, you know, the comfort zone of that dirty half filled cup that, that, that kid is still in me somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's almost like a sense of disbelief. But one thing I know from, from your story is, is the aspect of divine intervention. Would, 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 could you expand on that? What, what, what was your experience? How do you decide to call something that, what, what, what was that like for you?
1: Yeah. And, and thank you for sharing about the, the emotion. Cause I have to, I have to say Andy that, you know, I've been more emotional probably in the past few years of my life than I have probably had ever been because, you know, I mean, you're, you're younger than I am, but we're probably not, not too far off in age, but you know, we grew up in an era where you had to hide your emotions and, you know, you're taught like that kind of that militaristic, you know, leadership of, you know, oh, being macho and, and all this stuff. And, and that's not really that's that's not um, conducive to, to growing as a human being and having good positive relationships. Right. And that's something that I've I've had to work on in myself as well to, you know, be more emotional. And um, I was trying this weekend about, about something myself and and um, and I find that that being more in touch with the feelings really, really um helps to have us give a a deeper understanding of ourselves as a whole. Um, And, and as far as the the divine intervention, it, it, it came in twofold for me really. And I'll I'll start by sharing last year when I, when I, as I was saying, the quarantine started and people were shut down and, and you couldn't go anywhere. And my business had slowed down and, and I, kind of got uh, anxious and depressed and isolated and wondering what am I going to do? You know, I, I mean, I don't have any uh, income coming in right now. What am I going to do and everything. And I decided to, you know, pause and and reflect on that. And I said, okay, I'm going to try to use the time as an opportunity. And so I wrote a blog about using the quarantine as an opportunity to to be grateful and to expand oneself and to help others and and all these things. Like I was talking about with, uh, what I had experienced like in another tragedy, like in Harvey. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do those things myself. And then I started writing. It reminded me of what had happened 20 years ago, which is where the idea for for my book for 12 hours Ahead, heaven came from. And and that's the original, what I would call the divine intervention for me, which I didn't realize it at the time. And I'll, I'll explain is that 20 years ago, when we were living in Southern California and I, I had my wife and we had two daughters at the time. My youngest hadn't been born. So they were one in four. And we're coming back from a kid's birthday party in Los Angeles. It was about two hours south and we we're driving on the freeway. And it starts to just rain, like horrible rain. And you know, living in Texas, I see that like every other day. But back then, you know, you, you, it was just the, the kind that, you know, terrible storm that we didn't see in California. And cars had pulled off to the side of the road and we were still so far from home that my wife's like, you know, we can't stop because it's going to get dark and we, we it'll be worse, right? We need to continue on. And, and it didn't look like it was letting up. And so we decided to continue on and we're driving in the slow lane, just very slow. And I hit a puddle and we start hydroplaning out of control and we start spinning. The car starts spinning and we spin across three, four lanes to the left and we nearly hit the center divider and then. we're screaming and and I'm I'm trying to correct and we end up spinning the other direction across four four lanes and we go off the shoulder uh, up a dirt embankment and we hit a brick wall and we flip over and land on the wheels and the roof is down smushed down to our heads and the glass is all cracked and the the, the windows on the side are cracked and the sides all smashed in and my daughters are now crying and, and they had been asleep and and you know, my wife is okay. And my daughter's okay. And we crawl out. And, and I was like, we don't have a scratch on us. And the car is completely totaled, And, and, a, a elderly couple had pulled over and the lady had wrapped a blanket around my wife and she's sitting there, you know, helping console her. And my wife's holding my little girls and just crying and thanking God. And I'm talking to the, to the man, a gentleman, he tells me how I, I called an ambulance because I didn't think you'd get out of that car. And he said, that's the most incredible thing I've ever witnessed in my life. You know, and this guy's probably like 75 years old. So he's not a young guy, right? I mean, he's definitely had some experiences in life and I was like, okay, well, all right. And then, as I said, I was, you know, I was young and, and, and arrogant and just, you know, thinking, Oh yeah, I'm a macho guy. Like, you know, I don't need to get emotional over this. Well, then I I go to, they tow the car away and we get taken in an ambulance and I, I go the next day to pick up our things at the impound, the, the impound yard. And my Pontiac Grand Prix is sitting on a flatbed outside. And I go inside to of the office and I say, Hey, I need to get my things out of that. Can I get them out of the back of that car?s you know, it's on the flatbed. And he's like, what car are you talking about? I'm like the Grand Prix it's on the flatbed. And he's like, that's not your car. And I'm like, yeah, that's my car. And he's like, no, the whoever's driving that car is dead or, you know, in the hospital. And I was like, no, it's my car. And he's like, I can always tell what happened by the look of the car. And I was like, well, not this time. Cause this is my car, right? And you show my ID and everything and I get my things. And o- over the span of a couple months, I really started reflecting on it. Cause I was like, and people like one after another, or like a miracle happened, a miracle happened. Like, you know, you guys were protected. My mom gave me a little angel pin and said, your guardian angel protected you, you know, your guardian angel. And you, you weren't meant to, you know, die yet and everything and the kids and all that. And that's where one day as I'm looking at that little angel pin up in my car on my visor, I pinned it up on the visor I'm looking at that one day. And that's where the idea for my book came from. And and I felt like, okay, maybe it was, maybe it was a miracle. Maybe it was divine intervention. And then it wasn't until last year when I was writing my book and I started writing in April and about June and I went through very methodically like and I know you're an author so I went through very methodically like I'm gonna write 500 words a day and just gonna write for a couple hours every day every afternoon. Well, I hit about June and I started going through this period of intense spiritual connection where I just felt like you know God like the Holy Spirit was here with me and and as I typed I felt like the story was just being given to me like I wasn't it wasn't coming from me like it was coming from, a higher place from somewhere else, and then I started having dreams and visions, and I wake up at all hours of the night with you know ideas and and like the idea for Ice Park change and all these different ideas and all these things that I felt like okay you need to do this like I was being called you need to do this you need to do that like all these things, and and that's where I was like okay okay God you know I know it's taken me twenty years to get it to hear your message but I, you know I'm listening now and and I. Okay, I I I believe what you're saying, and you know I believe that you you want me to do what you want me to do, and and that's why I was like, okay, this this is this is divine intervention because you know if I didn't get the message twenty years ago in the accident, I, I definitely was hearing him loud and clear now that um you know that he had some plans that I needed to to you know to follow follow
0: through for him. Yeah, one of the great things about life is. We're never out of time. And as long as we're still breathing, we still have time. So if it takes 20 years, if it takes two minutes, like yeah, don't beat yourself up. But when you get it, run with it, which is which is what you did. So so kudos to you. And you know, one thing you say that, that I, I want to circle back to that uh, you said, I'm a macho guy. I don't need to get emotional about this. And it's like all those structures and rigidity and teachings of macho and tough and what it means to be a man – it's like all men were wearing this thickest, fakest mask long before the pandemic. And I really hope in your story and my story and the authenticity of every man willing to be seen and heard that other guys hear and feel and get that you can have your emotions and express them and even cry and be open with your partner and your family and your kids and be successful. Right. It's it's not it doesn't mean you're down in the gutter because someone saw you you with a tear in your eye. Like, you you yeah. had a miraculous experience, but it sounds like it took 20 years for you to accept that, yeah, this is amazing, and miraculous, I'm going to do something with this.
1: Yeah, it, it really did, it really did, and and I'd say, you know, if you think about what you're saying, that that all these guys are wearing this mask, right, and I think there's still plenty of them that are, but, yeah. but one thing I think is that, I think in my case, that God was kind of peeling that mask off a little bit at a time over the last 20 years. And because right, right after the accident, as I, as I reflected, I wrote myself what I called the to-do list for every day because I realized there's far more important things for me, like my family, being present for my family and being grateful and being humble and, and all these the, this list that I wrote. and I, And as I said, it was something that I w- wanted to abide by myself right that's why i said it was a to-do list for every day these things were going to, i was going to follow and so i think that was the start of him like all right we're going to peel off that mask right and we're not ripping it off like a band-aid you're not ready for that yet <laughs> but but we're going to start peeling it off and then over the years over these 20 years all the the growth i've going through i've gone through the um the challenges as a as a parent i have three daughters i think i i was given daughters for a reason not sons because then if i had sons i would have oh you got to be much right i would have i would have tried to do all uh, embed all those teachings that i had as a as a young uh, as a young man but you know very nurturing and very loving with them and that's developed those traits in me over the past 20 years to where you know i think finally you know, if if the mask isn't gone, that it's, it's almost completely gone to where I can be emotional, to where I can, um, share my feelings, be authentic. And I, I, I really have nothing, you know, nothing to to hide (laughs) with anyone. Um, and yeah, I think it was just, it's just, was just a slow process of, of peeling that off.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, good for you that, uh, you allowed the peeling <laughs> and, and welcomed yeah. what was underneath it. Cause that, you know, there could be a lot of, you know, I'm sure I've resisted and gone back and forth and, uh, but, you know, but it's, it's a, you know, life is a dance of contrast of, of highs and lows. And, you know, this too shall pass is a cliche. I hated it as a kid, but you know, it's true and it's valid. <laughs> um, no, So
1: true. Yeah. I, I, I always, you, you heard those when we were younger, you hear those cliches that, you know, quote unquote, old people say, and then you're like, now I'm the old guy. And I'm saying all those, things, all yeah. those, those
0: cliches. Yeah, yeah. And because I mean, most cliches are rooted in truth, but they get it's easy to just Oh, plaid too, blowed off. But if you stop and like, Oh, wow, yeah, it's 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 happening. I'm living that cliche. No, so you said the 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 car accident that you you and your whole family survived without a scratch twenty years ago became the inspiration for the book. But your book Twelve Hours of Heaven is not about a car accident, right? Tell me tell me about the book.
1: So the book is a is a fictional story, and as I was saying earlier, when I was looking up at that angel pin one day, and I having a maybe a daydream, if you will, parked in my car, I put on the visor, like I said, and all of a sudden. The story for the book hit me like a movie. Like I had just watched it. you know, you come out of a movie and you got it all fresh in your head, like I had just seen it. and I had it very clear in my head. And actually at that time, I did type out like a couple paragraphs, you know, maybe maybe a page or you know a word page, something like that. And I lost it on some old computer. Who knows what happened to it. Well, the the story is about an angel that is sent down from heaven. And he's sent down to help some people on earth and on earth, he helps them. He helps 10 people with the diff- biggest challenges that they have in their lives. But the reason it's 12 hours of heaven is because he finds himself trapped in an elevator with these 10 individuals. And over the period of the 12 hours that they're trapped overnight, he's able to help them all through the through the challenge that they have. And and I don't know exactly exactly you know, as I said, it just came to me like a movie. And I don't know. I, I think it was because I think the reason it came to me that way, or the reason it developed into my book 20 years later, is because the subtitle is lessons for a better world. And these are the, the different challenges that he helps him through, is because those are many of the things that I've learned over over my life, you know, over the past 20 years and beyond. and And these are all, these are not new. They're things like practicing gratitude or or being present or having faith. mean, these are all things that are, have been around for, you know, millennia, right. For a long time. And have been taught by people far greater uh, than, than I am. Um, And it's just, it's put in a, it's put in a vehicle where people can relate to it. People can understand the characters and, and they can see what they're going through and, and see their authenticity and their vulnerabilities and, and see, you know, their um, mass peeled away, if you will, and, you know, getting to a deeper place for themselves. Super.
0: Yeah. And you know, much like our, our discussion about experts and titles and, you know, none of us can teach something we haven't experienced yet. So the fact that it's been around for millennia, yeah, and it's been around for millennia because more and more people need to live it, experience and share their experience. Like no, no one can argue with your experience. It, it's yours. It's not like a someone else's lecture or a book or a video that we can debate the meaning of. Like, no, here's what happened. I learned this from this and I'm not going to share it via this fictional story.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Cool. And and I think I think a part of it is, you know, it also was to, to birth um what I'm working on now because as when I was writing that's where all those ideas were coming from where I said ideas and and dreams and visions all these all these ideas of hey you need to do more work Rick like you're not just here to write this book yes the book can inspire some people yes the book can provide them some hope or teach them something that they can utilize in their life that you need to do far more beyond beyond that to help others, and and that's why I think it was, you know, it was a good segue uh, for me into the different things I'm working on now.
0: Cool, and I know one of those, at least one of those, is the iSpark Change Community. So, can tell me about that.
1: So, the iSpark Change Community is um, it's about spreading positive change and empowering you know individuals to. To show them that they're part of a community, that they're part of um, a group of people that can elevate their social impact, and, and that you're not alone, right? That you can make a difference. That one person can change the world. And it's a theme that that is woven throughout uh, throughout Twelve Hours of Heaven about you know initiating a positive change and 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 that ripple effect, if you will, um, of you know actions on how those can can spread and and develop into something beautiful and so the iSpark change you know movement organization if you will group um i guess it's a lot of different things but it's it's all about you know providing people a providing individuals a vehicle where they can you join the community they know that hey these are people that want to improve the world and it's the precursor to what we're building in the next few years to have the world's first social media platform that is 100% geared towards connecting individuals, groups, clubs, organizations, nonprofits, it doesn't matter, but all these individuals that are spreading positive change that are making the world a better place. And if you think about it, there's hundreds of thousands or millions of, of groups like that spread across the globe. They're all very fragmented you know, if you think of nonprofits and I know I've worked with many nonprofits and I know some folks that run nonprofits and they're, they're very isolated because they're always worried about, okay, we need to get our donors and we need to support our cause. And, and, and it's, it's not um, really top of mind for them to be helping the other hundred nonprofits that are in, you know, their immediate geography. Right. Mm -hmm. And what uh, what we're creating in iSpark Change is going to be a community where everyone will support one another, where everyone will provide um, resources and, and tools and knowledge and you know, education to others that are out there in the community, where you'll be able to find people that are interested in, you know, so for example, you know, your podcast, that may provide a um, an educational benefit for people out there that that um you know don't have other resources in that regard or that may provide a way for them to get in touch with their feelings or or whatever it is but um it's just to have one place where people can search and find these different things and and know that they're they're not alone there's people that are working to make the world better
0: yeah because the thing there's uh it, it comes from positive and negative experiences that we all tend to, you know, can isolate. And even if if we're trying to improve the world, we're like, oh, I'm the only one, perhaps. Or if we feel like the world is miserable and we're we're the only person going through these difficulties and it's easier to go, oh, I'm the only one doing this. But yeah, community, connection, I, I think it's something that humans yearn for. Like it's a basic need and things mm-hmm. like the pandemic and forced isolation and, and political division, separation ma- makes that harder to get.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Everything you said, I agree with 100% is that um, that those stories and those experiences the, that we go through are what connect us as the human species, right? As the human tribe, the, you know, the, the whole tribe of this earth that you go back thousands of years when we were in little tribes and the worst thing that someone could have happen to them was to be outcast, was to be out of the tribe and to be isolated and alone. And we've, all been in that like everyone in the world has been in that situation like we all got outcasts from the tribe of humanity for a short period of time where we all had to be you know in our house for you know weeks or months or whatever it has been and we need that we need that human connection that's how we thrive that's how we grow and you're bright positive and negative all the emotions are what stimulate the growth and that's why we're hoping to connect to connect all these people, to show them that, yeah, you're not alone. Whether it's good or bad, you're not alone. There's millions, billions of people that are going through similar things that you are. And that's where the connection, you know, the connection comes.
0: Yeah. You know, I love what you said about the fear of being an outcast, because I find that especially true for men. That's how so many men will, oh, you, you're pretending to be macho? or oh, you're pretending you're trying to have emotions? All right, I'll, I'll pretend too. So we all, you know, we have this community of people pretending to be something else. And mm-hmm. because we, you know, we yearn for the respect and the camaraderie and, and there's a depth that we aren't getting when we're just at this surface level of, of sharing the same mask only. But yeah, so, so true, so true. It, through your awakening, has something stood out as kind of the biggest surprise to you that you've learned? The biggest surprise, well, that's an interesting question. Nobody's asked me that,
1: Andy. Um, I'd say the biggest surprise that I've learned over the past, you know, 18, 20 months has been, I guess it'd be what I, what I was sharing earlier is that there's so many people that have gone through similar awakenings, if you will, that, that I have, that there's so many individuals that I, I you know, connect with people I've connected with people from all over the world. And they'll tell me, Oh yeah, well, I had a story in this and there's so many similarities to their stories, you know, whether they had some tragedy or or something happen, and, and, you know, the growth that came out of it and the change and what they're working on. And, and I mean, it was a, it was a welcome thing to find out that, you know, there's so many others that are, you know, uh, the same boat you know we're all rowing in the same direction we're all trying to trying to you know get to a more positive environment um but at first i went through those feelings like those conditioned feelings like okay i'm gonna try to change the world and i'm gonna do it by myself i and i even said in a video i even said early on when i i kept all that spirituality and everything i was going through i kept it all myself and it wasn't until I finished my book. That I'm like, okay, now I feel this urge to share. Like I didn't even share with my wife. I didn't share with anyone. It felt so private and personal. And maybe I was afraid. Maybe I was afraid that people would judge me or, or you know. But, but when when I felt this urge to share, I even shared in that video. I said, "This is something I'm going to work on for the rest of my life. Even if nobody else works on it with me, or even if I'm going it alone." I'm committed to doing this, right? I'm, I'm I feel called, and I'm gonna go do it. So even then, I was like, okay, I, I may nobody may ever help me, but I'm gonna do this. And then, over the past year and a half, where you start talking to people, and you're like, oh, I'm working on something similar, or you know, I have a podcast like yours where I'm trying to help people, and and then you realize, okay, there's there's lots of people that are doing this, and that's okay. That's what I was. That's what I was hoping. That's what I was told. That's what God was like, hey, you're going to you're going to be able to put these things in place and connect with people. But then, of course, being a human, you're like, OK, you have your doubts and, and you try to go on faith. OK, I'm going to go on faith like I'm like I'm preaching. Um, so that's been a, been. I'll say it's been a surprise, even though I should have known better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, maybe that's it. That's the, uh, the not surprising thing we keep have to learn is like, oh, I should have know better. Yep, I did know that, but I wasn't doing it. And. Because <laughs> I, I find, for me, I know about something. It's in my mind. When I really know it, I'm living it. I'm sharing it. I'm asking for help. I'm out there doing so. So faith and gratitude, all super powerful, needed. But without action, it, it's wasted. Yeah, yeah, that's so
1: accurate. And and I would say I was probably that person that was that was you know talking the talk but not walking the walk for yeah. for a long time. You know, for for years, even yeah. until I finally got to the place where, OK, now you're going to you're going to definitely do what you're saying.
0: Yeah. And again, I don't, I don't think there's some judgment of time or restriction. Again, as long as you're here, you've got time to figure it out and to take that action and to go, yep, enough's enough. And, you know, I've been feeling like the pushing through the slog of this thing I was supposed to do, but fear is battling against it. Um but yeah, beautiful. I'm, I'm so glad to that they were having this conversation, and that you're doing the work that you're doing, and and listened to all those that that drive and that calling. Is there one thing that you wish more men knew? It's probably
1: what we've been talking about is that they don't need to wear that mask. Is that they that they can be vulnerable and they can be be authentic? I even said, you know, I was on a different podcast last week. And I said, yeah, you know, men need to be vulnerable. And, and the host was like, Whoa, 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 you're you know dropping that word. Like men are going to be freaking out and they're going to, you know, <laughs> they're going to start rioting." you know, I mean, I don't know. He didn't say that, but he was like, well, it's really, really strong. Like for, you know, to throw that around. And, and I, I think it's just that, you know, for, for guys, you know, guys that that grew up in in that generation like i said in that era where you were you were taught you have to be strong and macho and, and meaning and that meant like you can't shed a tear that meant you can't show emotion that's how i was you know that's the the era that i grew up in and so i think for men to realize and and i've connected with a lot of them and i have many friends that are are they've realized it and that's probably why we're good friends you know, at this point is that that's, that's wrong. Like that's, that's old school thinking. Like that's not, that's not going to get you those genuine, beautiful relationships. Yeah. Like if you want to really be like you, like you just said, if to be living it and feeling it, if you want to really be living and feeling, you got to shed the mask. You have to be, be vulnerable, be authentic, be all those, those characteristics that you were afraid of, when you were, when you were younger. And, and that's where you'll have, that's where you'll have the, the, the most growth and the most benefit and you'll be the happiest and, and you know, the most enriching experiences and, and relationships and, you know,
0: right on. Yeah. And, and, and it, this is just hitting me now as you went, went through all that and shared that, you know, our insistence on not being seen as weak as not being vulnerable Makes us so much more vulnerable to stress and depression and anxiety and early death and disease and a life of misery. You know, that's what we're making by not letting someone know that we have feelings or, you know, admitting to the world, like, yeah, I'm not Superman. Or even just the, the oldest joke about men, like I'm lost. I need to ask for directions, but I'm not because I'm a man. I'm just going to keep going, even though I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but I'll never say that out loud to somebody. And that that to me, that vulnerability can be that silly and light. It like it's not a end of the world and the end of masculinity. Uh, again, it it can save masculinity. It can this can save men?
1: Yeah, it's it's so true. And and even going back to what we were discussing earlier about the the uh, the being right versus being happy. Is that if, you know, men and, and you know, women too and, and individuals just in general realize that they can share how they're feeling without squashing someone else's feelings and without, you know, belittling someone else and, and you can have open dialogue, then that's where the beautiful world comes in. That's where all the growth comes in. That's where, where people realize like, oh, hey this is pretty cool like this is why don't we do more of this you know why don't we why don't we stop doing the old the old ways because you know we're just not getting anywhere with with those ways and
0: yeah why, and, yeah, why don't we welcome it, it'll, change it'll change what we're talking about why, why don't we as 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 a species as a as a gender welcome that positive change as an individual it, it's all there and from personal experience life is a heck of a lot better when you jump into the change when you lean into the things that you fear it really is.
1: Yeah, it, it it is, and and you know, speaking from someone who has learned it the hard way over my fifty years on this planet, one one good thing that I've seen in in some younger people, some of the the work that we've done, iSpark Change, has been with like Gen Z and some of the younger generations, is that a lot of the they seem more in touch with their feelings, and they seem more open to their feelings. So that's a very, very um, positive sign that, okay, as you know, some of these generations age, that they will start to spread some of the things we're talking about. And there will be some, you know, change, positive change, you know, in that direction, um, to where, you know, the kind of that that old school thinking dies off, if you will, you know, I mean, no pun intended, but that it, it, it eventually dissipates and then, you know, more of, of the, this better way, better mindset, better way of, you know, sharing your emotion and being open to others starts to, to take root.
0: Yep. I, I, I see it every day. So I, I there's no doubt it's taken root um, from my view of the world. Rick, this has been uh, fantastic for me. Uh, I'm sure for everyone listening. What's the best way that people can get in touch with you, find out more about all the great things that you are up to?
1: The best way is is to just look for iSpark Change, and that's the that's the letter i Spark Change, um, and that can be iSparkChange.com. It can be iSpark Change on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, YouTube. We're on all the different platforms and. If they go, like if they say follow us on Instagram or, or join the Facebook group, they'll see daily inspirational content, motivational content, spiritual content um, that's shared on a regular basis. Um, if they go to the website, they can join our community and you know be notified as we're we're growing with you know social media platform and the different things that we're evolving there. We're actually about to launch a totally redesigned, totally new website with um, a lot of cool things in the, in um, October where we'll have you know we've been doing our social um, impact spotlight series of different people that are spreading positive change that we find on social media but we'll have our social here, um, uh, hero spotlight and these cool things that we'll be rolling out to you know show some of the people around the world that are that are doing you know spreading positive change and, and are making a difference
0: awesome awesome so great to hear about that look forward to seeing it all Uh, Again, from the bottom of my heart, Rick, thanks for joining us today and sharing everything that you're up to and your story. Thanks, everyone, for listening to us. Wherever you are, wherever you're discovering the real men feel, let other people know. (laughs) Post a comment, a review, share this with someone else, share this with a guy that needs to know that it's okay to feel. It actually, his life will get better if he feels, and that positive change is a good thing, and that all change can have a positive door into it. Everything has opportunity. Uh, You can reach out to me anytime at realmenfeel at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to explore what life might be like for you to step into your authenticity and vulnerability, I invite you to book a free call with me. Visit TheAndyGrant.com slash talk. Until next time, be good to yourself.